Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Thank you once again for joining me. Um, this next two weeks, we're going to be covering the movie episode of Little Women. It was a little longer than I thought it was, so we will be separating that out into two parts, and then after that, we'll be doing 1984. We're going to be talking about the 2019 a movie of Little Women. So if you haven't watched it yet and you don't want any spoilers because we talk very, like, about the whole thing, uh, be sure to stop right now, watch the episode or watch the movie, and then come back and listen to it just so you don't get any spoilers. Um, it's kind of one of those that it plays into reading the book a lot. So if you wanted to read the book, I would do the book first and then, you know come hang out, talk, chat, whatever. Or if you don't care about reading the book, we do talk very much about the plot points and the book next to each other. But yeah, for the, not next week, but the week after, if you wanted to read 1984, please be sure to read it. But yeah, you got time. Um, Some quick little housekeeping things. If you would like to support the podcast and help it and me, um, you know, make a living off of this. Uh, we do have a Patreon account. There's some tiers you can choose from. It's we're I'm still developing a lot of things for the Patreon. So right now there's bloopers, there's transcripts. Um, I'm trying to add some more things in the works. We're working on it. So keep an eyeball out and your ears open for that in the intros. Um, I'm also streaming out over on Twitch. So we're playing Pikmin right now, which is a lot of fun. Um, and we're also playing Among Us on Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern. I try and do that every Friday. Um, but if you're not sure if I'm streaming it, just check out my Twitter account and that'll let you know if I'm streaming it or not. So yeah, that's basically all I have in the intro. Oh, we're also reading Torn in the Wicked Trilogy for the Barely Book Club. So if you've been thinking about joining the Barely Book Club, it's a great time. You will have to already have read Wicked, that's the first book, and then we're reading Torn, and then we're going to carry on with the third book um, by Jennifer L. Armentrout in that series. So I think it's called Brave. So there's a lot of, it's really good. So honestly, even if, if you haven't, if you don't want to join the book club, like it's totally fine, you don't have to, but honestly, I highly recommend reading it. It kind of gives me Shadowhunter vibes. Like it's, it's not similar as in like Demons, like the Shadowhunter is, but I don't know, just something about it gives me a similar vibe. So if you kind of like Shadowhunters, but you hate, you know, the incest, uh, yeah, that's basically all I have to say. And you really like Jennifer L. Armentrout's writing. Um, like if you were with us when we read Storm and Fury, um, that series, and you like urban fantasy, I think you might like this. So I highly recommend trying it out. It's really good. I'm really, really enjoying that little trilogy right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. And today we are talking about Little Woman. And I am joined by Kendra yet again and a newcomer, Jessica. Hello. Hi. Is Jessica okay or would you rather go by Jess? Either one works. Okay. Just not Jessie. Okay. We'll get our, (laughs) you know, 
rules out. Okay, so Jessica, what do you think? Fantastic lineup of actors and actresses. Absolutely. Um, I thought Greta did a good job. And I watched all the extras for this movie because I had time and I was curious. And I see what she was saying. The beginning years overlap the second half of the book. So she just, that's what she did. Um, (laughs) And uh, I started watching the movie with my husband. Mm -hmm. My husband does not hold with any flashbacks and it was fine that the first flashback was dated and after that it jumped so rapidly that i was scrambling to catch up thank yeah. goodness i've read this book more than once I, know. I was like wait, wait wait okay okay i know where we are my husband's like where are we which sister is this whoa 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 you read this book more than once more than twice oh like the first book and the second book or just like wait the do you mean do you mean the early years and the later years or yeah. the other the, books in the series no originally part 1 and part 2 are two different books but the way we read it is actually as one book instead of wait you read more books after this did you read little men oh my god and joe's boys uh, oh my goodness <laughs> Me and Jessica should just have a continuation podcast by Kendra. <laughs> there, were, I cried a couple times. Like Beth. Yeah, I did. I I teared up at Beth. I cried when I read the book, but I teared up when I saw it in the movie. They did a good job portraying that, and yeah. and then the ending. I hope those were happy tears. I think they were happy tears. But otherwise, quit with the flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot to say about those when we like get to the first flashback, to be honest. So I will hold my comments. But Kendra, what do you think? First of all, <laughs> are you still in shock? I did like the movie, but they cheated. They cheated because they took all the good parts out of the book and then stuck it in the movie. They didn't do all the boring parts. I thought that's why you would like it, to be honest. What do you mean? The boring parts? No, I thought you would like it because they just took all the good parts out and then you had just no morals. I don't like it when they cheat. Like, if it's a boring book, it should be a boring movie. Okay. (laughs) But Um, I also watched it with my husband. mm -hmm. He fell asleep for the first hour. (laughs) My boyfriend said, no, thank you. Woke up in the middle of the movie and was like, who's that? (laughs) What's going on? Wait, what happened? She had hair and now she has no hair. What's going on? And I'm like, oh my God, please stop. (laughs) Yeah. The best part of the movie was when, who was leaving? I think Meg was leaving for her sleepover. Mm Mm-hmm. And the old man comes out and he's like, oh, you can use my carriage to get there. And they were all like, thank you. And then he's like, oh, said something about being alone in the house and there's no noise and that there's a piano just sitting there or something of another or something of another because I wasn't really listening because I already knew what was happening. And my husband goes, 
Are they going to do the dirty, dirty now? (laughs) Sometimes I wish this was a visual medium just so you could see all of our faces right now. We can't see our faces because we're face palming so hard. Yeah, literally. I just, I don't even know. I don't know where to go from that. I'll be honest. Kendra! (laughs) And he's like, you know, the bang a ring. And I'm like, oh my God, I said the same thing. I love the more I learn about your relationship, the more you guys are the same to me. Oh my goodness. And he's like, it's happening, right? And I was like, no, it is not happening. I know that because I read the book. Unless they veer far left in this movie. Your husband thinking you guys are watching Bridgerton. So as Kendra said, this movie skips over all the boring bits. So I just immediately, as soon as it started because Joe is in New York, I was like, oh, they don't have part one at all. I didn't realize there's going to be flashbacks. So I was just like, oh, okay. So they're adults now, and we're just going to get the juicy bits of their relationships or whatever. And then Joe's in New York, and I'm like, okay, that's where we are, hanging. And then I was like, all right, so I'm prepared to see the old man, Mr. Bear. Like, he's going to be old. He's going to be gross. And then Mr. Bear walks out. I'm like, this man's delicious. What's happening? I was like, why did they make him so hot? Like, I'm sorry. He's supposed to be a creepy older man. Like, there's supposed to be no romantic tension at all. And then, like, Joe walks out and they're, like, dancing. And I'm like, I'm, excuse me? Agreed excuse me i'm like this man has like a beautiful soft voice and he's beautiful and he curly hair and i I was shaken yeah i was like they didn't even try adding in any gray streaks Mm -mm. nothing you'd have no idea he was 15 years older they looked both like in their 20s they cheated i'm telling you that's called cheating on the on the other end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. didn't like who they picked for Lori. Really? Yep. You know what was weird? Okay, so the first time they showed Lori, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Wow, okay, I can see this guy being flirtatious and everything that Lori was in the book. And then after that moment, I was like, what happened? (laughs) It was this skinny little beanpole, and I was like, was it the brooding part that got me or because that's what i was thinking too in the beginning he was all brooding like Mm -hmm. i'm down joe doesn't love me and then all of a sudden you see him happy and i'm like oh something happened he looked really young for some reason yeah and then mr bear when he or that's his name right mr bear yeah i feel like i'm talking about frederick bear i think is his name when i first saw him i was like my God, no wonder Joe fell for him. Literally. And then I saw Mr. Brooks and I was like, what happened? <laughs> he was supposed to be the handsome one out of all of them. I mean, Lori was supposed to be too, but not until he was like older, I guess. Yeah. And I was like, what happened, Mr. Brooks? I'm sorry if you're yeah. the actor and you're listening to this, but no. <laughs> Yeah, this is in terms of being caught up with having read the book and having our own personal imagination. Mm-hmm. I was stuck on the older Little Women movie because it was Christian Bale, and I love him. Oh, uh, 
Yeah. At the same time, his mother, Lori's mother was Italian. So the, the Timothy was a better fit for that description. But I was like, yeah. no, that's no Christian Bale. Oh, you mean he was Lori? Christian Bale was Lori in like the 1998 movie or whenever, 92. I don't remember when it came out. Yeah. Did he use his Batman voice? Not, not yet. I am Lori. <laughs> <laughs> He hadn't if that sounds good, I'm keeping it in. If not, it's I'm taking it out. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I don't think we can even go further on that subject. That was too funny. Okay. Um just like Edward didn't have the Batman voice yet perfected. We don't even know if Edward has a Batman voice yet. I'm very skeptical. When does that movie even come out? I don't know. I am looking forward to watching him be broody Bruce Wayne or, you know, because, you know, mm-hmm. he has like two personalities, but I'm wondering how well he's going to do with being Batman. I know. I'm trying to imagine him because Batman's like buff, athletic, and Robert Pattinson's really scrawny and like lanky. So I am very confused on how that's going to happen. But when I saw the trailer, I was like, all right. Like, I'm intrigued. Even but. in Twilight, too, though, they were like, oh, he was like, oh, I was supposed to work out with Jacob, but I didn't because I'm lazy. And I'm like, so how is Batman going? Like, I think it's mostly that uh, June. Rob Ratson and Taylor Lautner probably did not get along and he hated everything about the Twilight cast. I don't know if it was a laziness factor or not. It's the end of June 2021. I'm going to see if that actually happens. We'll group chat and we'll talk about it when it comes out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they had a lot of big names in this movie, though, because I saw Meryl Streep and I had no idea she was going to be in there. I was like, oh, Meryl Streep, (laughs) what's up? And they just took out the other aunt and I was like, eh, okay. Like, they just made it so Aunt March went to London instead or Europe. And I was like, eh, fine. I'm not mad about that change. We never heard about the other aunt anyway. Yeah. It's just she was the one in London. Aunt March didn't or Europe. Aunt March didn't even go to Europe, right? I don't think so. No, I don't think she did. But yeah, so that happened. And then Amy and Lori are really cute together in this movie. I was like, all right, I'm okay with it. And uh, but the one thing they did change in here is that Amy knew right away that Joe t- turned Lori down. Instead of in the book, like, them, Amy not knowing at all. And I don't think, like, I'm upset about that change, to be honest. I think it's a lot easier that she knew, you know, going into it. I would feel it's more accurate to, like, real life. Yeah. I feel like Joe would have told her. I feel like sisters wouldn't be able to hold that secret. Yeah. I think they would have been like, hey, by the way some juicy gossip for you guess what happened Lori proposed um i told him not to but you know he did of course and i had to turn that boy down and like amy ready man she's like omg girl then the my dancing. note remember when we talked about the dancing mm-hmm. that is true exercise they were jumping and hopping and squiggling yeah. all over the place that was a lot more fun dancing because basically i've seen a bunch of different period pieces at this point and they always are like unsure what period dancing to go with so i kind of like that this was more almost ballroom style dancing in a way i also figured out why Lori 
fell in love with Joe so quickly when they first meet and then they go back to the house after Meg sprains her ankle. She just starts ripping off her clothes in front of them. Literally. <laughs> that that entire interaction is so funny. Like, first of all, that dance did not happen at all in the book. But the just their dramatic dancing was so adorable and fun. And I'm like, oh, I could have seen them if they were like that in a relationship and happy. And then it was the literally the best meet cute. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, no, but no, I'm not interested in you. Yeah, it definitely, I felt like the movie made it seem like they could have been a thing, you know? Whereas the book, it was way more obvious that Joe was not interested in Lori. Like watching the movie and not having Joe's like almost internal dialogue kind of you definitely would have thought that they could have been a thing. Like they could have been a girl next door situation, boy next door kind of thing. I felt like anyways. Um, They did it. If you watch the extras, they talk about, um, they tweaked it for the movie. And so Joe and Lori swap clothes throughout the movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then they showed an example Lori is wearing a yellow vest at one, like when Meg is getting sent off to her dance. And when Lori attempts to propose to Joe, Joe is wearing the yellow vest. That's just one of the examples. So they wanted them to both be in that like genderless role where they just swapped everything. They were best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were trying to also portray Louisa's lifestyle back then. It's like she pretty much did the same thing. That was her story. She was Joe. And I was like, yeah, but then who was Lori in real life? Yeah. I don't, I only know like a little bit about Louisa. So yeah, I kind of wonder if this, how close it was to her life. Cause I know she modeled Joe after herself. Yep. And Beth was her sister, Elizabeth. Amy is her sister, May, and I can't remember the older sister's name right now, but it, it wasn't anything close to Meg. I mean, what yeah, Meg. If, what if Lori was her lesbian lover and they couldn't get married? And that's why she never wanted to get married. And her name was Lauren. <laughs> Right? And that's why they just don't talk about it at all. Also, the the neighbor. (laughs) The neighbor is like um, the author Thoreau. Thoreau? Thoreau, I can never say his name. I don't know. It's the big poetry or writer or whatever. Thoreau. If you spell it, I might know, but I don't know. I'm looking it up. Okay. Google's fella. I don't know what you're saying. Like, the first name that comes to mind is Thibodeau, but I know that's not right. I can only think of like Henry Thoreau or something, and I don't remember his actual name. Yes, that one. That one? Uh, that was like their neighbor. Everyone on Twitter is going to yell at me. Henry Hen- David Thoreau. Naturalist, essayist, poet, philosopher. Thoreau, Thoreau. It's something around there. 
Is that the dirty old man? I think so. That was their neighbor. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Oh my gosh. I totally cut you off. Where were you going? I don't even know. I was on an adventure. Um, (laughs) Okay, next part of my notes. So, Joe and Mr. Bear's romance is so much more noticeable because, like, I felt like it was just a surprise attack in the actual books. But, like, in the movie, they make it very, very obvious that Mr. Bear has a crush on Joe. Like, it is so prevalent. Yeah, and the fact that he's, like, 10 years younger than he is in the book. Yeah, literally. He's, like, in his, he's, like, 25. I'm pretty sure it was a surprise in the book. She's like, oh, you like me? All right, let's get married. Yeah. Well, the way that they portrayed him, because he immediately, like, shredded her work. If if you feel like you can trust me, I'll, I'll review your work. And then he shreds it. And it was like, I know, rips it apart. Jerk, but I thought you wanted honesty. I do, but not yours. Literally. I do wonder if that was because her, um, Louisa May Alcott's normal type of writing is smut, basically. Like, violence, smut, that kind of stuff. Like, I talk about this with Kendra. So I wonder if that's kind of what people's reaction actually was to reading her normal writing versus Little Women. Like, they're like, oh, I like her. I'll try and read other books by her. And then they're like, oh, okay. They were dirty behind doors. Because otherwise, how would she have sold her smut if they didn't like it? I I don't even know. Um, oh, okay. So now we're getting to the first flashback. The thing that bothered me more than anything else about these flashbacks is they didn't recast anyone. Like, they didn't cast younger versions. They were like, oh, it's seven years ago. And you're like, okay, so Amy is 12 in this flashback. And they're like, we're going to still have this 20-year-old play a 12-year-old. And you're like, oh, so I'm just supposed to use my imagination here. You have this giant production budget and you couldn't de-age anyone like you got emma watson you got meryl streep in here and you're telling me you couldn't afford to hire a younger actress that looked kind of similar that just wasn't in the cards did you notice all the little girls around amy when she was in class with her lines that was like i was like what the hell (laughs) she looked looked giant Or when they had, like, a group of their peers, and they're, like, five ten-year-olds as they're doing the play, and they're all, like, in their 20s. I don't understand. <laughs> well, it's like, whenever they, whenever she was at school and she was around seven, eight-year-old girls, I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Why does it look like you don't belong? <laughs> yeah, and then they're, like... When they're hanging out with Lori, you're supposed to be like, oh, no, they can't be any romantic attraction between Amy and Lori because Amy is 12 and he is a teenager. So, but it's like the movie doesn't give you that vibe because you're like, oh, they're all like, you know, teenagers-ish. And it's like, no, Amy and Beth are children. So that's why this is weird. Remember when the teacher hits Amy's hand? What if that was like part of her smut books? 
I'm just saying it was a 20 year old getting her hand beat behind doors. <laughs> so you were thinking there was some teacher student BDSM actually is what was happening. Well, I mean, she was highly upset, but we don't know why. Maybe because he stopped. <laughs> it was a public thrashing of her hand. Was it public, Jessica? Yes. Are you sure? Because they didn't show it on camera. <laughs> or in the book. Yeah, literally. In the book, though, she sits in the corner with, like, a dunce cap on, I think, right? And then she does get her hand, like, smacked with a ruler. And then she goes to Lori for comfort. I'm a puke. <laughs> she didn't go to Lori, though, in the actual book, which I thought was, like, the weirdest change. They were like, oh, Amy's like, I can't go home. And then I was like why you have the most accepting family ever like according to your family you can do no wrong your sisters can do no wrong and you're trying to tell me that you were afraid to go home okay for what like and then they also didn't even make it about the limes they were like oh i drew a drawing of my teacher also i happened to buy limes today like why even bring the limes in then yeah, it was such a quick little, like, limes were their entire world at that mm-hmm. time. And yes. they just wanted to introduce her artistic skill. I feel like the only reason why she went to Lori's house was because they had not been inside his house yet. And that was mm-hmm. their way in to get in his house. Yeah. For the movie, Let yeah. me feel sorry for a girl and bandage her hand that we don't know what happened with and... <laughs> okay, we are kind of going out of order, but you know what? It's fine. You watch the movie. You know what we're talking about. Um, the movie's out of order. It, literally. Um, but anyways, the part, like, after that, when all the girls come in and, like, leave uh, to pick up Amy and then, like, leave, the whirlwind that these girls bring through that entire house and they're all like chatting and then like they leave and it's just awkward silence between Lori, his teacher and his grandfather is probably my favorite thing yes they just blink at each other (laughs) well because they did like a complete gender swap you know usually in movies it's the boys that are seen as loud and rambunctious and they're like no this is a house of four teenage girls basically and a single mother well she's not a single mother but the dad's not there right now and so yeah girls can also be seen as rambunctious and loud and all this kind of stuff so I kind of like that there was that nice change of not being like Lori a sing us only child is what I mean an only child wouldn't be loud and rambunctious he has no one to be loud and rambunctious with you know so I just thought that was really funny when they're all walking out and then like just complete silence, crickets going in the air. It's just very good to me. I feel like whenever they were going in there, I don't know, I guess because it was weird because in the book, Meg and her mother and everyone seems to be so proper, like proper in the public eye. And then when they go to Lori's house, it was like a tornado coming in. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what was happening. They were like, where did all these women come from? I'm pretty sure they haven't talked to that many women in one place at one point in their life. And I was just like, you're cheating again. You mm-hmm. cheaters. 
Also, one another weird change they made is they made it so Lori had an aunt that died instead of the grandfather having a granddaughter that died. Like, Did they? Yeah. He says that Beth reminds him of his daughter, not his granddaughter. And so that means that he had a child that died young in addition to his son dying, which... Because Lori apparently had a sister that we never knew about and he never mentioned ever in his entire life. So it's just like a weird change because I feel like neither of those characters should have really existed and I don't know why they were like changing that. I don't know. I didn't notice. I noticed because I still thought, I just thought that was a weird thing to include in the book. Like why would he have a sister and what happened to her? And why is she never mentioned in his entire life? Like, was he raised with her? Did she, was she like die at birth? No, she couldn't have because it was she that liked the piano. So it wouldn't have been Lori's sister anyway. Well, he said it was his granddaughter and he only had one son. Because his son was estranged for running off and marrying the Italian. Yeah. So it's so like, it doesn't make any sense because it's like, who was this kid's parent because it's, he just says granddaughter he only mentions having Lori's father as a son and then they're estranged so it's like who does this kid be- the other dead granddaughter belong to because they had to have been bonded enough for her to enjoy the piano forte as she gave it to Beth so like that was he raising so fancy piano I know. forte I just don't understand why this granddaughter existed who she belonged to where she came from, where'd she go, Kanai Joe? Like, I don't get it. They're all liars. Don't believe any of them. Lisa May Alcott's like, oh, no one will think too hard about this. And then the, I'm like, I'm going to think hard about it. <laughs> Anyways, back to Paris. Um, Lori shows up absolutely wasted with two random women. And I, again, just a weird, weird change because that was like their first bonding moment was him showing up and like bringing Amy to this ball. So I'm like, why did that happen? I liked it. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's just weird. It's weird to me because it's like, that was supposed to be the first moment that we, we as the audience are cued into their relationship. And well, maybe then, it was showing that they weren't into each other at first. Well, or at least he wasn't. Apparently. Yeah, I don't know, man. They made Fred sound atrocious in the book. And then when you see him, you're like, oh, okay. So why did you pick Lori? <laughs> I feel like I didn't even really remember what Fred looks like. but I don't either. Yeah, you don't see any of their talkings or relationship whatsoever and like it's mentioned in passing in the book anyways but it just seems like it literally just seems like fred showed up and asked her to marry him like it did not they did not cue you into the fact that they were like kind of courting before this it basically was like oh fred's just here and he's gonna ask me to marry him out of the blue randomly uh it wasn't a big part of the story from what i remember you guys read it more recently yeah but from what i remember like just thinking back mm-hmm. i was like oh wait who's fred oh i forgot because he doesn't he yeah. doesn't matter but i was like oh yeah he does whatever yeah he was like mentioned in passing in the book like it mentioned that they were dating kind of courting i guess and that he followed them around europe 
and was like spending time with them, but it like never, you never read the interaction with them. But it was just weird to me that they did not cue you into that at all in the book that they were even courting or dating or anything because it just seemed like he just showed up. Yeah, he was, he was barely present. I mean, he was at that one ball. And even when Lori made the scene, they weren't even together. They weren't, it wasn't like he was hanging off of her at that moment. And I was like, Mm -hmm. why are they focusing on this one random person? I didn't even know it was Fred. Yeah. Right? Until she's like, I'm I'm sorry, Fred. And I was like, that's who that is? Yeah. I was like, huh? What? Because he's not even there in that moment in the book. I was like, okay. But they don't, they don't like, he, she wasn't going to marry him. So I think it was just more like a, a rival for Lori or maybe a red herring making you think she's going to marry him and not Lori, but she's actually going to marry Lori. Yeah. I still think that's so weird for anyone who didn't read the book. No, um, Greta's, Greta's whole focus for this was to make it to show that the men in their life were just observers. They weren't, the whole focus was the women. I mean, Mm -hmm. even the mom was, when they show Marmy going and helping give blankets out to the soldiers, that was, that was something she actually did. And Louise's mother actually did that. So she wasn't just a stay at home, nothing. She was very active. Yeah. Yeah. Louisa May Alcott seemed to have a pretty interesting life. Like, her father opened like a vegan commune or something and I was like all right go ham I guess I don't seems cool especially for the time when you're like I thought they were all so straight laced yeah I know and then he's like vegan commune and I'm like okay yeah they just want us to think back then was so straight laced yeah I guess so it's like basically they're just editing history by being like this is a romanticized version of what happened um so then in the book uh in the movie joe is in new york when she gets summoned home for beth like i don't think she was in new york when beth was dying right she was at home so it was while amy was in europe after Lori left because she left before he even went to Europe, came back, and then he's like, I'm still not over you. And she's like, leave, please. And then he went to Europe. Yeah, oh, and, and Lori was already gone by then? I don't know. The flashback screwed me all up. So I, I don't know. really know what was going on, when it was going on. I'm I heard after sh- the part when she cut her hair, then I knew, okay, I know where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm pretty sure what happened in the book is that she went to New York for a year, came home after, like she realized her writing's kind of getting a little ske- sketchy and then she came home gave them that month seaside visit with um the mom and beth and then like another year passes and that's when beth gets sick because lori and um amy were there there for like two years in europe something like that before they come home i think so you you think in two opera. years, you think in two years they could have had a house, a manicured lawn, little children by then. No, it was just a vacation. No, could you imagine taking a three-year vacation in Europe? Like, I'd love to be rich. Sounds great. I don't, I don't understand it. Like, and that was, 
at least in the wealthy, it was like normal. Oh, yes, we have our houses all over the place. And we went to Europe for a few years, toured the countryside, like, and lived in hotels the whole time. Yeah, even rich people now don't do that. Like, you go on vacation, max, if you're loaded, like a month. Right. Like, I studied abroad and I was there for two months in Europe. And that felt like I was gone a long time. I couldn't imagine. It's wild. It's like, at some point, you have to start wondering, because in the book, aunt, uh, the aunt didn't even want to come home after they had been gone, like, three years. And I'm like, at that point, are you just moving to Europe? Like, it doesn't feel like a vacation anymore. You know? I don't know. Um, okay, so then the next... Oh, go ahead. Secretly kidnapped Amy to go to Europe. Basically, basically <laughs> what happened. Because it's like, oh, she's going to take me when she goes to Europe. And then it's like, she's gone for absolutely ever. And you're like, oh, do I still have a fourth daughter? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, so then they flash over to the very first Christmas when they help the Hummels because they're doing their little flashback thing. And like, okay, so they're supposed to be pretty poor, right? Their f- table is so full of food. I'm like, oh, are you poor? Because like each of you can't finish what's on that table right now. Like you guys have enough money that every place in that table is absolutely stocked. Like that could feed like 12 people. So I was very confused. And then they're like, will you guys give your breakfast to the Hummels? I'm like, I don't think the Hummels can finish that. Like, that's a lot of food for the fact that the Hummels has like a family of what, four? You know? I thought it was bigger than that. Well, when they show the kids in the movie, there's three kids and a mom. I thought it was bigger in the book, but I didn't. Yeah, I thought there was shown like four or five kids. Yeah, I don't know. But I can't, whatever. Either way, yes, there was tons of food. And so when they showed that, I was like, were they already gifted the breakfast? Until they came back. And then it was a fairy explosion of food. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, literally. I was like, you could have given them half your food and still had a happy breakfast, you know? Like, there was a lot of food on that table. I was very confused. Oh, and then... I was like, okay, so they're supposed to be kind of poor. Like, maybe they're just, like, lower middle class. But then they go over to the Hummels, and I'm like, they don't even have, like, uh, wood on their door, you know? Like, that place is barely held together. I feel like when I was imagining this in the book, I was imagining them them as the Hummels. (laughs) And then... The Hummels were, I don't know, were just lived in a cardboard box. <laughs> and then, yeah, but their house was, I mean, their house in that show, I think, is bigger than my house. Which, oh, the, okay, the it's a women's. movie, yes, but you made them sound super, super poor. Yeah. Like, they are definitely middle class and comfortable. But, like, the Hummels, I had, when we read it, I assumed that they were people that were, like, lower middle class. And then as the times, it's just, you know, they crashed and they lost all their money. Like, I assumed at some point that they had money. But I don't know. That's probably just, like, something I just thought of. But that movie was like, no, take that assumption away. They are very, very poor. Yeah, well, maybe. I, thought, I thought that the Hummels were accurately portrayed because that is how a lot of them lived. They did not have insulation. They couldn't even get newspapers to fill the cracks. They didn't yeah. have rag scraps to fill the cracks. Mm-hmm. 
it would have been freezing cold and they would have all the children would have been like huddled on the bed trying to stay warm like under one scrap of a blanket or maybe it's because they thought they were maybe the four girls thought they were poor because they were rich before so they had a taste of the good life maybe and then now they're like oh well this is considered poor no it's not I mean, Joe's kind of an unreliable narrator, especially when you see her going with, like, Mr. Bear. Like, she wasn't flirting, so she assumed he wasn't flirting. So then when you read the book, there's no flirting happening because you're like, oh, you know. And I I forget that because it's in, like, the third person, kind of. But it's like, Joe's still, like, taking your hand and leading you around. So you're still kind of seeing everything through her eyes. So... Yeah, maybe that's it. Like, she was just like, oh, we can't afford anything. And then I'm like, really? Because your table's absolutely, like, booked to the brim. You know, like, your breakfast is more than I've ever had for breakfast at a Continental Hotel. You know, like, okay, sure, yeah, you seem real poor here, Joe. Like, In the book, there was no flirting with Mr. Bear, okay? He was an old-ass man. She just took him because that was all she could take at that point. The fact that you think 35 is old kind of hurts me. No. He's 35. Mr. Bear is like 60. He's 35. I'm positive. He's 15 years older than Joe. It says right at the end. He's like, will you still love me even though I'm 35? And she's like, yeah, that's only 15 years. He is 35 years old, Kendra. He's not that old. He's not Mr. Lawrence. You're acting like he's like 60 years old on his walker coming out. He's like, Joe. Will you please marry me? Like, he's only 35. I am positive that's what happened. No. (laughs) That's younger than us. I'm 28 years old. I have no money, no prospects. I'm already a burden to my parents. He was like 60. He's 35. He had gray hair. 35. He was giant stomach. 35 he was a companion to her father he lied about his age they know each other he showed up and used the father as an excuse he's 35 he's not mr lawrence i bet you he was a companion to the dirty old man too and he was like well i got my woman you didn't get yours oh my gosh (laughs) you're terrible besides they did not actually get married let me show you how it's done (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So really, he was a Mr. Lawrence companion, not her father's companion. That was just another red herring. He never even had a conversation with Mr. Lawrence. (laughs) You're talking about Joe, the unreliable narrator. I'm pretty sure they had lots of conversations about their young woman. Mr. Lawrence is just upset because his died, okay? what to say i honestly don't i just kendra don't you dare throw tentacles in here oh, there's where's that pinterest whore bring it up <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> oh my gosh okay anyways i'm going back to the book i'm i'm derailing and re-railing this onto a different subject mr oh, Morris broke into their house to give them the food can we talk about that like, he also no. broke in to give them the piano no yeah he breaks because into their house. Santa breaks into everyone's house every year, so I don't think that matters. And he's an old white man with a beard, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. So he maybe he's beard. Santa. 
You didn't think about that, did you? You know what? It's true. I am the bad literary reader. I didn't read nearly <laughs> in depth enough. I should have thought Santa first before I thought anything else. He does I give mean, them a lot of gifts. Exactly. I mean, but technically that was to get into the young lady's pants. But, you know. They don't have pants. Well, under her skirt then. In her boomers. <laughs> it is not boomers. Uh. There's an L in that word. Oh, uh, I didn't mean boomers like the people. I did mean bloomers. <laughs> Crying. Sometimes I'm like, let's do this, and I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> what did I do in life to get me here? <laughs> you started it. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, oh, Mr. Lawrence, and then Kendra's like, he's disgusting. He's sad, dirty. Also, is trying to like sleep with little women. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for coming on and joining me and giving your opinions on the older men and this book. Uh, <laughs> because Kendra's been on a lot. Jessica, where can all the people the internet find you if you want to share any socials or anything? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at fawnberries underscore books. And that'll be in the description. And Kendra, all the internet I people. I'm at K.E. Radke Universe on all platforms. And then they also have a combined uh, book podcast. Oh, yeah. We do this on a monthly basis. (laughs) Basically, what you just witnessed here is their entire podcast. So, And that's at West Coast Booksters. Except on Twitter. Then it's W.E. Booksters. I've memorized that. I've typed that so much. I've memorized your handles now. Yeah, double WC Booksters. Yeah, so follow them, check out their podcast, and we will catch you on the next episode. But yeah, thank you guys, and we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye. 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 All right, well, that's all I have for this episode on the 2019 Little Women. Thank you all so much for joining me. Uh, It will just pick up right where we left off next week. So there you go. Um, It'll be fun. So please be sure to tune in for that if you are liking these episodes. And it'll also have Jessica once again. So because I know you guys haven't heard her yet, but she's on the West Coast Booksters podcast and it's very good, very fun. So please go check that podcast out. Um, as I said, kind of at the beginning, um, I am streaming on Twitch now. So if you want to kind of see, put a face to a voice, I don't know if my face necessarily matches my voice, but if you kind of just want to see the person behind this podcast, um, just go to at barely bookish on Twitch. And I stream, I try to stream among us every Friday, at 6 p.m. Eastern, and I've been streaming Pikmin, and I'm going to be trying to do Zelda Breath of the Wild here soon, so if that interests you at all, I'd love to see you guys and see you guys in chat and say hi and all that fun stuff and kind of just, you know, hang out with you all in a virtual space, and hopefully it'll be fun. And yeah, if you'd like to support the podcast on Patreon, we are constantly looking at ways to improve and help grow the Patreon. So 
if you have any ideas and you have things you want to see and have things you want, you know, from me, like I'm trying to make this podcast as much as like a unit, not unit, a community, I guess is probably the better way to say that as I can. So I would love to hear from you guys and know what you guys kind of want and I will try and work on implementing it. But yeah, I won't hold you guys anymore. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.